are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 83 of the College Loop Podcast. And all of us are back in the studio today. Uh, uh, Tar, how you doing, buddy? It's been a long time since you've been back on the, on the loop as it is. On the, it's been since the Thursday show, but carry on. Yeah, yeah I mean, pop off. I just have a lot happened in, in yeah. the last few days. So, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot going on. Uh, yeah, I'm doing great, man. Glad to be back and uh, loving these midweek shows. Saturday night baseball games every single weekend are killing me. So, uh, Sunday's a little off the table right now for until future <laughs> and put on put on the pause. But I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm glad to be back, Daniel. How are we doing? Um, happy Fourth of July to all of our listeners yeah. out there. Hey, um, day. My personal favorite holiday um i'm doing pretty good you know just a another wonderful day here in the northeastern united states big big happy birth to atlanta not atlanta hello the united states and i, was, I said america and then i don't know where i was going with that and i i just slipped up my own words and yeah i'm just ready to keep moving forward happy big big birthday for america bro big time <laughs> yeah happy country in the world the us of a and to kind of get into more less exciting news, I guess probably like we had a great day yesterday, social media wise. Uh, yeah, no, on our end, yeah. uh, we have a potential great interview possibly coming up. Uh, we got likes from a lot of big name people. We appreciate all the love we've been getting from those posts. Uh, we'll definitely try to get more up regarding people who <laughs> who like to share our shit. Hey, shout out, shout out, my man Sammy Coates, bro. I'm just waiting on the wine club interview, the wine tasting interview. That's I, that's all I'm I'm here I'm waiting on. Let's jump over to football, and I know that you're really, really excited. Um, get to talk about your favorite team in the SEC, not named Auburn, uh, the Texas A&M, Aggie people, dog people, twelfth uh, man, cult members. I mean, you know me. I'm a I'm a big, big supporter of the uh, Texas A&M Aggies, and going into week four of the season, that is Auburn's first SEC game where you have to travel to College Station. Time yeah. is TBA. You finally get to see what Hugh Freeze can do against an SEC opponent. And, I mean, last year the A&M game was one of the most hyped-up games of the season because that was the first game Cadillac was the head coach of the Auburn Tigers in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Right. And the lights were on, the, the – Stadium was orange for 20 minutes before the game even started. Like it, it was hyped up. We it was just on SEC Network last night, and I mean, that game speaks for itself. That game was awesome. Uh, it took a while. It took eight games of the season for me to be really excited about watching an Auburn football game again. And we go into this season, and I hate to be the bearer of old news, but the first SEC game of the 2013 season was against A&M in College Station where the Auburn Tigers announced to the college football world that they are back. And Hugh Freeze has a chance to go into this game as right now and prove that he has turned around a team that desperately needed it with a hyped-up transfer portal class, a hyped-up high school recruiting class, and a chance of a really highly touted 2024 class as it stands right now if things were to go in the way Auburn fans and Auburn media are hoping it does. And – I mean, I, this game can go both ways. Uh, if I go off ESPN, FBI, they have currently a And M uh, to the percentage for a And M to win is seventy six point five. 
And I don't know if I fully believe that. I think A&M is probably in the same kind of ruck that Auburn is in. The only difference is Auburn could afford to fire their head coach last year. <laughs> that's that's the big difference here. And I think that's going to be one of those games that Jimbo Fisher doesn't find a way to win. I think they're going to find the $80 million very quickly. So just y'all's thoughts on the game before I read off all the, the stats. Daniel, I'll let you open up if you'd like. Um, why don't you go first? I mean, I got a simple answer here, and it's not well thought out. It's all right. Um, make or break deal for Jimbo Fisher. I think he breaks. Um, I mean that sincerely. Not everything execution-wise. Y'all have heard this before, Auburn fans, so buckle up. Execution-wise is not always on the coaching staff. Um, schematics and culture is. And I think there's a serious lack thereof in Texas and and, and College Station. Guys, I, I mean, my my anticipation for Texas A&M in, in the year of our Lord 2023 is the floor. I mean, I am I'm genuinely looking for yet another horrifically embarrassing campaign from Texas A&M. I, I just I think that Jimbo's lost enough people around him. And, and, and quite frankly, nothing about their the roster construction wows me because none of it's proven. Does that make sense? Uh, there's just no part of the A&M game where I look and go, wow, this team is head and shoulders better than insert literally any other team in the country. I just can't find it. And and until they get out of, like Dylan mentioned, this rut, I'm going to have a hard time picking A&M to win any game. Like FBS, FCS, I, I, I don't know that I care. It's just they're, they're just not – there's not a winning football culture at Texas A&M. To, to really wow me. And I think that the past couple of years, we just sat there and watched Jimbo, Jimbo spiral. Think about if A&M never beats Alabama in 2021, is Jimbo Fisher stand, standing here right now? No. Is he employed? No. Answer stats. It's that simple. Jimbo Fisher loses his job after losing to App State last year if they lose to Alabama for a year previous. I mean, it's, it is almost – buckle up, Auburn fans. Gus Malzahn-esque in terms of doing enough to keep your job at the end of your tenure. Does that make sense? Gus Mel's always better at it, like significantly better at it. But it really just feels like Jimbo's grabbing at straws, and, and, and all AM continues to do is underwhelm and underwhelm and underwhelm and digress. I, I don't know. I'm looking at the overarching picture here, Dylan. I know that's probably missing the point, but there's really no piece of this roster construction where I'm like, wow, like they're so much better. So I, I just cannot – I can't sell myself on the Aggies. And I mean, you go into the 2022 season, Texas A&M has the number one class in the country going into that season. And and but, how many of them aren't there anymore? Uh, there's a there's quite a few that <laughs> that have left. Uh, and that goes into the point. Uh, Texas A&M lost the second most players in the SC to the transfer portal at 31. Ole Miss had 34, but Ole Miss at least brought in over 10. I think A&M brought in 10. And the biggest acquisition A&M made this offseason, Bobby Petrino. As a head, as, as offensive coordinator, stole him from UNLV because uh, Barry Odom wanted him. Say what and, you want about him as the, uh, about his character. Also, Petrino's late resume has not been good. No, it is not. Ever since Ar after Arkansas, no. 
And I mean, you're going, Jimbo Fisher going to a sixth year with a record of 39 and 21 and a 23 and 18 to 18 record in the SEC. And I can't say that's better than Kevin Sumlin. And the only difference is Kevin Sumlin had Johnny Menzel. And he only had him for two years. And I think he produced the same amount of, uh, he produced the same amount that Jimbo Fisher has put on the table. And I think Kevin Sumlin did it with less. They did it with a lot less. And I mean, look at last year, 2022, you had the number one class coming in. You had every, everything going for you. You had a transport quarterback coming in. You had Max Johnson. You had Connor Wegman as the future, and you weren't expecting him to play this year. And I'm for Haynes King. You had Haynes King come in, the four star, who you know. Georgia Tech legend. Yeah. Is he a Georgia? Yeah, he's a Georgia Tech. Yeah. And uh, if you have watched Haynes King throw the ball, it, it hurts to watch. He literally, he, I don't know. I can't even, I can't even do it. It's weird. And you finish with a five and seven record, two and six in the SEC. Didn't and, make a bowl game because you had to play App State. Yeah, uh, and and of course they lost to Auburn thirteen to ten. And your two wins in in the conference somehow one of them was LSU. And I just think LSU doesn't care about that last week of this the season if they're not going to the playoffs, and they kind of ruined their chances of going to the playoffs. They could have beat, they could have lost to Georgia and still found a way to sneak their way into the into the into the playoffs and. Look at last year. I mean, the the off the difference with the offensive defense is bewildering me. So I'm gonna start with the defense first. The defense last season for Texas A&M finished 52nd in the country. They're bad, allowing 365. And I'll get to what's good about them first. Their pass defense ranked first in college football, allowing 156 passing yards per game. But but rush defense, 123rd in the country giving up 208 yards per game and also giving up 20.67 points per game, which was 22nd in the country, which is good. So they were, they were stopping from scoring, but they couldn't stop them on the ground. And that's a whole thing. That's going to be the whole You're also thing. about to get to the part where they couldn't score points. Yeah, I was about to get there. Uh, total offense. So defense, for 52nd. Offense, 93rd. 360 yards per game. Scoring-wise, 101st. Only scored 22 points per game. Rushing offense, 80th, even with – Dev, Devon, Devon A-Chain? Devon A-Chain? There you go. A-Chain as the starting running back and pass offense, 84th, and that's with three quarterbacks. They couldn't throw the ball. Yep. They had three arms that were all good to go at one point in the season, and they could not throw over 200 yards per game, 220 yards per game. There's nothing wrong with having three quarterbacks. You think that all three of them could play at one point. Anyways, continue. Yeah, yeah. 2012, I had so much fun watching Kyle Frazier uh, – what, I can't remember their names now. <laughs> 2016, continue though. Yeah, 2016, but uh, John Franklin III couldn't really throw the ball. So <laughs> you go into a game against a team that kind of has, well, has a really good defense because Texas A&M always has a good defense nowadays, except for running the ball. They picked up a few good defensive players from the portal. Offense-wise, I don't, they did not help that much. You go into a season where you're you know Connor Wegman who had a pretty decent season for what it's worth. He didn't really play all that much. It was more Haynes King until Haynes King got hurt. Connor Wegman came in, didn't throw an interception. He went eight and zero with the touchdown interceptions. Which what was AM's turnover ratio last year? Uh, they were in the negative. They were negative one. Uh, they got eleven football recoveries to six interceptions and. Or they lost 11 fumbles. There we go. Lost 11 fumbles to six interceptions that, that were thrown. That's 17. To 12 fumble recoveries and four interceptions on the defense. 
So negative one for the turnover margin, which was 78th in the country. That's not terrible. It's not. They didn't turn the ball over that much. They just weren't getting to the end zone. Well, they'd be kicking I remember that part of the season where AM was could not find the end zone. I remember that. Yeah, it took them uh, almost three hours of watch time and almost an hour of game time for them to even get in the end zone against Auburn and on a defense that uh, I would say played a whole lot better at the at the back half of that season for what it's worth. Uh, but a defense that up to that point had not really shown that they can stop the pass uh, outside of DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett whenever he was actually on, when he got back on the field. I love Coach Caddy. Y'all know this. Oh yeah. And him. AM offense really lost to the power of friendship that game. Yeah. Uh, when you sell at Jordan Hare Stadium with, with, <laughs> with the, to an Auburn team that has three wins, Auburn wasn't losing hard. that game. Like, that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the bright side to AM fans, at least, they returned their top three wide receivers Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad, and Anaya Smith. Uh, they finished top 10 in recruiting and 24th in transfer portal, according to 24 uh, 7. On three does not like this transfer portal class for AM at all. Yep. They're dead last in the SEC. And that comes to the point they lost 31 players. Again, just cannot stress that. Lost 31 players. And now you have a coach who is on his last line, is on his, on his last life of a He's one SEC loss away from being a fantastic head coach at like. Arkansas State. And this is also going to be AM's first SEC game as well, which is pretty obvious week four. Weeks one through three for Texas AM go New Mexico, you know, the Lobos. Then they go then they go to Miami. And then they have ULM. AM may already have a loss on his record. I, uh, Miami and AM was a pretty tight game for what it's worth, for two teams that definitely very much underperformed. Uh, some One of us here picked Miami to win the SEC. I'm not going to say names. I'm not going to say any names. Could have been me. Could have not been. We don't know. Whenever we know it wasn't me. We don't know that it wasn't. Daniel's smarter than that. Sorry. I, I'm never going to pick Miami. Ever. He's a Notre Dame. He's a Notre Dame stand, so he's not going to pick Miami ever. So it, that narrows it down a little bit. It was Colin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even on staff here yet. Hey, hey. But, yeah, you've got a good point. I think Miami could find a way to actually be decent this year for what it's worth. They always recruit well. And I, I think I'm blanking on the name. Oh, my God. Who's Miami's coach? How about Mario Cristobal? Mario Cristobal. Oh, my God. The, hey. <laughs> could have been Auburn coach uh, for every message board whenever Auburn was looking for head coach. Everyone was going to be Auburn's head coach. I, I think Mario Cristobal can't turn Miami around. Uh, I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know when or why uh, he can. I just know he can. And to, and I think Jimbo Fisher is one loss in the week four of the 2023 season in, Col- in College Station, Texas, and Kyle Field loss away from getting his butt kicked to the curb. From and a, a film breakdown specialist at the University of Alabama. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be an offensive specialist at Alabama. He's going to be making about uh, two, two mil a year and not doing anything and still finding a way to get a head coaching job. Two million a year? Yeah, Jimbo Fisher. Bro, he's going to be, he's going to be a volunteer. In hey, hey, his agent knows how to scam people paying him money. You see his 10-year contract he got from A&M? You're right. And the blank trophy. Let's not forget about that. Let's never forget about that. Yeah. But it's a game that I think ESPN is greatly 
underestimated what an Auburn team can do in College Station because I think in the past, well, ever since A&M joined the SEC, I feel like Auburn has a winning record in College Station. They only have one loss. Yeah, that's it. They only lost that once. And that was what, 2020? Brian Harson. 2021. 2021. There we go. That's a common theme, by the way. Auburn only did this negative thing one time, and it was under Brian Harson. Yeah. This, All I know is that if I'm an A&M fan at this point in time, um, I'm getting pretty impatient. My, or In fact, my patience is gone. Because um, everything people say you need to have to win in college football, Jimbo Fisher's had and more. Um, it's kind of yeah. hard to believe that a decade ago he was competing and won a national championship. Because um, if you look at the last couple years, uh, you would just have a hard time believing that. And... Um, Yes, just want to throw it out there. People don't talk about this enough. Like he's kind of a glorified Gene Chizik, like a little bit, because does Florida State win that national championship without Jameis Winston? No. Is Florida State even that damn good without Jameis Winston that year? No. Answers no. He put together a, str- a string of, of decent teams uh, at Florida State. Then he had a generational quarterback. Say what you want about Jameis Winston's pro career, but like a very, very, very good college quarterback. Heisman winner. I mean, like, he's kind of a like a, like a, like a step and a half up Gene Chizik. I wouldn't go that far. Because <laughs> Gene Chizik got – Go ahead and enlighten me with the rest of the accolades since then. I mean, since that, then. That, okay. that he's got – Daniel, continue your point. I, I was, I, that's just my point. Um, it doesn't help things that Missouri's been to Atlanta twice. Um, I know that was a decade ago, but still, um, two SEC championship game appearances, and that's the team that came into this with you. So everything, in a way, is always going to be compared to them. Just kind of see who's – and I know the, there was there was some years, like the, the East was pretty bad those years, but still um, – there have been years that the West has not been super, super daunting. Sure. Still hard. But anyway, um, just you just go down the list, and there are just a lot of things I don't like. Um, as Harrison said, the culture around the program can't be too good. Seems to be a common theme on this episode. Um, so, yeah, I just I think Auburn's going to go in and appease the 2021 loss and continue their winning traditions in College Station. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm, I can pretty much inform everybody right now. I think it's almost a guarantee that Auburn will not be ranked going into College Station, but A&M will be. And that digit is... Nah, not, a, not if Texas A&M loses to Miami. If A&M loses to Miami, they're not ranked. And A&M is going to be ranked. The, or I mean, Miami is going to be ranked then in the top 10. Uh, that's how it, AP poll works. A&M will definitely start the season off and at the bare minimum, top 12. And if they get wins against New Mexico, Miami, and ULM, all powerhouses of the sport. I don't think they'll be that high ranked, but go on. I, dude, AP poll loves A&M every year. I don't think they'll be ranked, period. I don't, I don't think they're going to be ranked so. coming into this year. No, I mean, it's a 5-7 and seven team that hasn't made any significant improvement in the offseason. How can you rank that preseason? Yeah. Uh. They they're one of those teams that they turned into a 
USC of yesteryear, where USC could go off of a bad season and end up being ranked somehow. Now that is fact statistic. Yeah, that's correct. A and M is going to be ranked strictly just because of the hype they carry every season. Because it's always, can we awaken a sleeping giant? And everyone thinks, and everyone knows outside of AP voters that they're not a giant at all. They have a lot of money. A and M is very rich. And they may have used some of that money for their 2022 class uh, per Nick Saban. Uh, <laughs> and every year it's the same thing. Can A&M finally get over the hump? And that hump is a elephant-sized mountain. And they just can't. They got over it one year, but it didn't matter. They still collapsed like they, like they always do. Every Jimbo Fisher team post the Jameis Winston era has found a way to collapse in and, in and itself. And every year, it's the same thing, same hype train that follows Jimbo Fisher. It's just the case of a of an actual championship winning coach. Because you're like, oh, can he do what he did with Jameis Winston? Connor Wegman's a decent quarterback. He's not a Jameis Winston. And we're never gonna. There might never be another Jameis Winston. Just because off off the field issues aside, I, I believe me, I don't like Florida State as much as every Auburn fan that listens to this show. Jameis Winston was a Daggum good quarterback, and I. He's a gamer. He's he's one of the best quarterbacks ever watched in, in my time. I'd put him in, at least in the top ten of quarterbacks that I've watched in my time watching the sport, and I've watched a lot of it. And and a serious conversation, and it's definitely true that Jameis Winston definitely carried that team because uh, believe me, I know who the number one wide receiver was for Florida State, and I watched what he did in years after that national championship. Uh, yeah, he was not that good. And his name was Kevin Benjamin, and I hate him forever for multiple reasons. <laughs> but, I mean, going to this game, Auburn's going to be heavily underrated, uh, the heavy underdog. It's going to be like a like a four-and-a-half, five-and-a-half point line for A&M going to that game. Book it. I Probably. But as it stands right now, I think Auburn will be a heavy underdog. As it stands right now, as we were talking about, Auburn's going to be an under, a heavy underdog. It's going to be that way then. Well, it's every year. Again, it's every year. A and M is hyped up, and they're going to be like a, I think, ten point favorite at the point at the start of the season. Also, there's a whole side tangent we could go on about how Kyle Fields, one of the more overrated atmospheres in college football, would continue. Well, that causes a lot of issues. If someone hears about that, that doesn't, they'll be at your in your front yard doing a midnight yell, <laughs> telling terrible jokes. Pull up to my front yard and midnight yell. I, <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, that's not me threatening to assault, assault anyone, but I am going to stand on my front porch and roast the shit out of you for thinking it's cool. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't even have to do. That. I'm not going to verbally threaten anybody. I'm just going to hit record on my iPhone and let everybody else on Twitter take care of the rest. <laughs> Auburn Twitter is very ruthless, and they would love their chances to go out. It's of not, there would be there would be some other fan bases that would be in line. <laughs> LSU would be knocking on the freaking door. But yeah, just to go back over it, first let's see the game of the season for Hugh Freeze, back in the SEC, travels to College Station to play at Kyle Field in a game you can probably assume is going to be 11 a.m., maybe? No. It's, a, it's an 11 a.m. or 6. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's one or the other. But 2.30 CBS, book it. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if Dylan's allowed to talk crazy, why can't I? <laughs> it's, no, yeah, I, I, I love it. I mean, it. if they're both 3-0 and o, uh, at this point, I mean, who's to say it won't happen? Well, I haven't looked at the rest of the slate that week. I was but, thinking that. I was yeah. just about to say that, Daniel. Well, CBS is sharing the 
the season with the Big Ten. So there very well could be a, a weird Big Ten game that's going to take that slate. But yeah, first game. And Rutgers. Yes. Hey, don't hate on Rutgers. Leave Rutgers out of this. I don't Rutgers. Like Rutgers. No, you don't. So just a question again. Hugh Freeze back in the SEC versus C game is in Colorado Station at Kyle Field versus the Jimbo Fisher, who is on his last life and last line as a as a Texas AM head coach. Daniel, who's winning and what's your score? Auburn's gonna win. Um I don't think it's going to be a very offensive game, um, sort of like last year. Not that it, they can't, just the fact that, um, yeah, I just don't think it'll be that high scoring. Okay. I'm going to take Auburn at like a like a 20 to 13, uh, 20 10, something like that kind of feels right. Dark. Uh, I'm doing some quick maths. Hold on. I like 27 20. Auburn, I'm, I'm I'm throwing in field goals and not accounting for um, A&M to be able to reach the end zone more than twice. I like it, and we're going to keep the train going. I'm going to go Auburn, and I like the point, point differentials because I'm, I'm going to say 24-17 in Auburn's favor. And at this point, it stands in our, in our rankings or our record. Auburn is now 4-0 across the board. With now a win over a ranked opponent. Hey, if you're going to call 24-17, you got to call something stupid like Auburn wins on a scoop, scoop and score. Oh, it's going to be Auburn picks up the onside kick that AM calls for no reason and run it back for the <laughs> But that happens in the second quarter. No, I got Man, it. Like, like that's, 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 what would you say? I got it. All right. So they, they do a squib kick. It's three seconds left to the game. Squib kick just around the clock. Gunner Britton in the middle of the field, picks up the squib kick and runs it 75 yards to the end zone to win the game. Something It has to be something stupid, right? Like, it's got to be dumb. And Gunnar Britton gets carried out on a chariot of gold. Auburn refuses to play a no, no, normal football game. Continue with uh, where we're at, Dylan, because we are running long today. Yeah, as it stands right now, Auburn is 4-0 across the board. And next week, get ready for the next preview against the Georgia Bulldogs, who are going to probably be the number one team in the country at this point throughout the, or, or throughout the season. The entire football season, yes. And just get ready for that. But we are going to move on to recruiting. And holy crap, the news that came out today and yesterday, really. So we're going to start off with five-star linebacker DeMarcus Riddick who we talked about previous shows about little Owen Papo comparison has said he will be at big cat weekend. And just a friendly reminder for this five-star linebacker, he will be announcing his commitment on July 26th and big cat weekend is the 29th. So. Hey, yo. I'm now, not or anything. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's an Auburn lock. Just keep that in mind. Kids will continue to take visits, continue to go to camps. Yeah. But Daniel, Daniel, that feels pretty. Like not bad. <laughs> uh no. Um and if UTEP can turn in a top one hundred recruiting class, there's no reason that Auburn can't land this guy. And you're that's actually a freaking fantastic <laughs> analysis. Sure. And I'm gonna start using that in my day to day life. If UTEP can pull a top one hundred recruiting class, I can do this. <laughs> Yeah, and it'd be a huge pickup for a guy who I believe right now was a heavily favored uh, Georgia commit. Uh, I, I 
he hasn't he announced his commitment date, but twenty four seven already has him as a hard commit to the Georgia Bulldogs. So make that make sense for what it's worth. Uh, and I think we talked about him. I think two episodes ago, uh, Tarmi, where you were there, where I think it was Auburn, Georgia, OU, and a few other schools listed amongst amongst that crowd. And another big target who announced that he'll be a big cat weekend. Uh, L.O. Perry Thompson, uh, five star wide receiver, Bama commit. Who I saw a graphic today, uh, yesterday as the show comes out. Perry Thompson has been to one visit at Alabama this year. He's been to six in Auburn. Well, I mean, that's, that's too much time in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you ain't lying. But again, if you want Perry Thompson, five-star wide receiver from Foley, Alabama, number four overall wide receiver in the class, number two overall in Alabama, uh, be in Auburn instead of Alabama on Auburn's biggest recruiting event. And I mean, there's a couple. There's another dude we're going to talk about in a little bit who's a <laughs> who is also that's going to be there too. Super quickly, Perry Thompson feels a little bit like a. I, he just needs a why. Just needs a why. And there are going to be a lot of guys like that the, as you're cycling through, right? And, yeah. and Hugh Freeze certainly lived through that already. But I think it's just one of those. I need a reason why I should flip, and and that could that could that that could really be a plausible uh, outcome. And it really helps when he likes posts by a certain podcast when it talks about Auburn wide receivers getting to a thousand yards. So that that helps the case too. That, did, that does happen. Yep. <laughs> and um, I mean, sorry, uh, uh, is Foley? Where is Foley in the state of Alabama? I'm sorry, I'm still learning. Oh, my knowledge of I've lived around my life. I couldn't tell you where Foley is. It, it, well, it's probably. I think it's in the Bay Area. Okay. I think we'll just say it's in the Bay Area. That's closer to Auburn. I mean, just there's your why. I mean, yeah, and just getting Perry Thompson and uh, Cameron Coleman has been getting a lot of traction with predictions from. I think he had, he's had three or four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally Gulf, Gulf Shores. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but Perry Thompson has been a heavy lean towards Auburn's. What it sounds like, at least. I don't know what the kid actually thinks. Uh, that's what I've been listening to uh, the fact that he's been to Auburn five more times in the past six months than he's been to Alabama is telling enough. And uh, maybe, sorry to cut you off, but um, maybe another factor, like he knows that at Auburn, the day that he arrives on campus, he will be the dude in that room. Yeah. Um, Whatever the pitch is. Sure. I mean, that's a wide receiver room that would have Camden Brown, uh, Cameron Coleman, hopefully fingers crossed. Perry Thompson, and a few other dudes. Caleb Burton, the big guy from Ohio State, who probably needs another year to really emerge as a big top target. That's a pretty good wide receiver room, and I'd go further to say that's a pretty awesome receiver room. That's right, sure. Especially it's and mentioning Cameron Coleman, he will also be at Big Cat Weekend. Another guy is going to be a Big Cat Weekend. KJ Frickin Bolden is going to be there as well. What is his legal name? Uh, his name is Khalil. <laughs> Uh, it was KJ freaking Molden. I, was, I didn't know if that was. Oh, that was yeah, I've asked him. It's his middle name. Okay, cool. That's that's yeah. understandable. <laughs> it, it, the J is just invisible. It's not really there. Uh, but he likes. He doesn't like to go by his middle name that much. Got to be honest with you. Uh, and then with KJ Bolden, he has also announced his commitment date. He'll be announcing it where he's going August fifth. Which, if Big Cat Weekend is the 29th, Auburn. Last impression, huh? Yeah, you're going to be the last team that. KJ Bolden speaks to, and he announced his top five. 
Bama, FSU, Ohio State, Auburn, and Georgia were all in that list. And I think as it stands right now, I think it's Georgia and Auburn are the two teams that are really in on K.J. Bolton. Side note, I know that Ohio State's one of those schools, the, those schools. Like, I, a lot of these kids that have Ohio State in their, like, top five, top ten, I know they wind up with great recruiting classes every year and it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but I feel like it's one of those just, like, I'm throwing Alabama and Ohio State in my top five just for the premise of reminding people that I got offers from Alabama and Ohio State. And that's not me dogging. It's just it's just an interesting observation, you know what I mean? Because I feel like well, – Well, I'm sure the number two overall recruit in the class probably has a few offers from a lot of other schools too. No, I, I'm not saying that. That's and It's happened on a number of occasions too where yeah. you're like, okay. Okay, like we get it. Like Ohio State and Alabama are, are offered you to play football there. You're not seriously considering them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Your top five is actually the top three. You're just putting the other two there to remind people that two of the premier brands in college football offered you. <laughs> and, and it's worth noting. And if, I would do it too. If you find a way to pull on KJ, KJ Bolden, uh, he'll be your first five-star defensive back in a room that consists right now of three with Finley Austin, Amon Lane, Jaden Lewis. And you're really looking like you're going to get Jalen Crawford out of Georgia who is also looking at Florida and LSU, me and Ian talked about in the last episode, a guy who is, Auburn is currently battling out with two teams who are currently recognized as, I think, one in three of the DBU rankings for what it, for what it stands, I, I'm pretty sure. You're going into Georgia to recruit this guy, and you're going, also going into Georgia to recruit KJ Bolden, a, team, a guy who Georgia really wants. And if you, can go, if you can find a way to go into Buford and take KJ Bolden, out of and get Dylan Riola out of his ear because that, that there's clear reason why Dylan Riola probably went to Buford. Good lord, uh, again, this is a Hugh Freeze uh, <laughs> uh, recruiting love fest because every show we come on here and just talk about the recruiting. But if he can find a way to flip Perry Thompson and make that official, if he can find a way to get KJ Bolton to not go to Georgia. If he can find a way to get DeMarcus Riddick not to go to Georgia, if he can keep Cameron Coleman and keep these predictions, if, they, if he can make these predictions come true about Cameron Coleman, you are surrounding yourself with some pretty doggone good freshmen. And Auburn in the past 10 years has maybe gotten two five stars in in like in a class as a whole. And that was on Papa and Bo Nix. I can't fathom what a recruiting class with four five stars would look like at this early part of the recruiting class. If there's, I don't think there's a chance Auburn gets all four of these guys. Yeah. And like kind of, sorry, uh, just kind of go along with what you're saying, like going in the Buford and picking guys out of there is like going in the Hoover and getting guys to flip away from Bama a decade ago. Like it is a big deal. Um, the premier brand in that state, uh, it's close to the premier brand at the college level. And you go in there and convince them to take up something else like that. Just that can't be overstated enough. Tar, you making a face? I mean, Buford's not even seven A, but yeah. Well, Buford is now like highly ranked. They're the only, yeah, they're the only people I see. They're now highly ranked <laughs> because of Dylan Riola, KJ Bolton, and the other dude that's at Buford right now. Three five stars at Buford have have, have them nationally ranked. Buford's disgusting. Yeah, really Dude, good. What, what's your issue? He's a Grayson alum, so he's no, like, I don't care about that. They're not. Then who is the premier brand in? Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to get it right next time. Valdosta. 
Yeah. It's historically. Isn't that where old boy uh, Rush Probst was? Yes. That's my guy. Okay. Yep. Yeah, no, I right, lost it cool. in the, in, in okay. the, historically. Do you want me to rephrase? It's like getting a commit away from a, a Rush Probst school. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, Buford is the gold standard of high school. You just got on to me for saying it wasn't. Let me finish. Of high school football in the state of Georgia for city schools that can legally recruit. Let's move forward. It can. Yeah. It's a law in Georgia. Yeah. You can recruit if you're a city school. Yeah. I, I believe you. Hey, you just have to give them academic scholarships. Well, that's that's pretty much it for recruiting. Cameron Coleman's got two more predictions on on three. KJ Bolton. You've already had guys go, go through recruitment processes twice. Continue. Yeah, KJ Bolton, Demarcus Riddick, Perry Thompson, and Cameron Coleman. Four, four, four or five stars. Sorry, a lot of four stars going on. Four, five stars are going to be in Big Cat Weekend all at once. And that's not even scratching the surface of the amount of players that are coming to Big Cat Weekend. And, I mean, you already know two guys who have been very adamant on recruiting this class. Uh, Walker White and Jamarion Fat Burnett is going, are going to be there, too. And they're going to be in people's ears. I don't know anything about either of those guys trying to get people there. That's crazy. <laughs> well, I, I have – there are four dudes that I know for a fact that Walker White is not going to leave alone throughout their entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Walker, it kind of a little bit is – gives me the – do you have five minutes to talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ vibe? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I respect it. Like, I, I absolutely I, – I think that if kids should be as involved in, or uninvolved, but as involved in the recruiting process of their as of their teammates as, as possible. But I just think it's very funny. Do you have five minutes to talk about our Lord yeah. and Savior? Well, I feel like a weird thing that I don't know if people really noticed, I feel like a lot, of more, a lot more recruits have been shutting down the recruitment a lot sooner than usual now. No, you're just you. You're now cheering for slash covering a team that's actually getting team guys to shut down their recruitment. That could be the case too, um, but I mean, I'm all for it. I love this. I, I, I you are. <laughs> I've never been this into recruiting as I have been, and it's been a fun year to be following recruiting for Auburn football. It's like growing up in Georgia, watching my friends that were Georgia fans and get into recruiting when Kirby Smart got there because someone that understood the way it worked got there. Hey. Georgia Tech had Calvin Johnson. No guy, they got him somehow. They, uh-huh. they got a Hall of Fame wide receiver at a school that ran the triple option. Mark Richt is like three factors away from being one of the greatest coaches ever. Like if three <laughs> things had gone his way, he would be talked about in a much higher regard. Yeah, if, if Aaron Murray had gotten the ball down quicker and spiked it, if Alabama didn't exist, and – I think right, it's not, not a UGA podcast. I'll just leave you off with Mark Rick. I, I love and miss Mark Rick. Yeah. Uh, but really yeah. good at losing to Georgia Tech in Athens. <laughs> Turn into the next episode of the College Live. We're going to be continuing our theoretical Thursday. There we go. That's a hard word to say. Uh, next Possibly week, with Brooks Walton. Possibly with Brooks Walton. Uh, the return of <laughs> – what would it be this time? Uh Bird's Day with books. Anyways. <laughs> well, it's, it's a little late here at, at the College Loop headquarters. But just to move on to baseball, what, before we do, Colin, do you have a, do you have a uh, bag man of the week? Not really. Actually, wait a minute. We don't have to go to baseball just yet. We have to finish off the long-awaited return of Tar, you know, your favorite thing that I've made. Oh, oh I don't yeah. Have- I love this. Do I not have it in the – oh, I don't have it in this thing. Damn it, Dylan. This well, is the College Eloped. This is the episode of the College Eloped. Where Colin, get on here. I know you watched. 
Uh, did Colin, do you watch? No, but I'll come talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're going to cover The Bachelor for a little bit. So if you don't like that, at least skip like five minutes in the video. We'll talk about Chris Stanfield. Five minutes? I don't know. You don't know how long it's going to take. There's a uh, lot, that's a lot of batch talk. <laughs> but yeah, if you've also been watching The Bachelor, like all of us, uh, me, have, uh, you would know that Caleb Kim's time on The Bachelor has been sadly, sadly ended. Yep, I would uh, like a recount. Yeah. Yeah, I, please. I got to know if there's like deleted scenes of him talking to Charity because it, it just hasn't happened at all. You rarely see it. And this episode, it wasn't even his fault that he didn't get to talk to her. It was two other dudes who decided to have beef with each other's fault. And I'm livid about it. I was on the floor. I felt like I just watched a missed game-winning field goal. It hurt. That's a hell of a way to describe the Bachelorette. Hey, if you, you got to treat it like a sport. If you treat it like a sport, it's fun to watch for a guy. I mean, I didn't watch the first episode, but now, now that I know I only have to watch two episodes, I'm and as soon, yeah, as soon as we know that, uh, as soon as we get to the point where Caleb Kim's not there anymore, I can just turn it off. I'm good. Yeah, you only got to watch three and a half hours of it, but Ugh. fifty seconds of <laughs> of uh, of screen time. Three and a half hours. Three hours. It's an hour and a half. The yeah. two-hour time slots. Yeah. What the hell? Have you ever watched The Bachelorette? Anyways, I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, sadly, this ends the college eloped. It was a great run. I wish I'd remembered to put it in the in the docket. I'm so mine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sadly, Caleb Kim did not make it to episode three. Tough and, thing. And it makes no sense because two guys who had beef with each other should have been kicked off. And that's where I'll leave it. But we're going to move on to baseball where a Auburn freshman, not going into his sophomore year, has been popping off on his minor league team, correct? It's a minor league team. Summer, nope, summer ball. Summer ball. Summer ball team. The Bourne Braves. Chris Stanfield is having a field day, if you will, for the Bourne Braves. 385 batting average, scoring six runs on 10 hits in six games, uh, adding six ribbies. Fielding percentage of a thousand, um, like like you threw in here. The Bourne Braves are eleven and eight and are on a three game win streak. They post about Stanfield a lot. Of course they do. They want to they want to pull the Auburn audience. Trust me, I work in this industry. Um, yeah, I mean, good for him. I imagine he'll play for another two weeks and then he will return back to Auburn. Um, he will not or not if if he even plays for another two weeks. Um, usually, Power Five guys are only there for a couple weeks just to get reps in as temp guys. Just keep the arm loose, keep the mechanics strong. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's always fun to see see your guys uh, your 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 guys do well in summer ball. It's, makes the experience more enjoyable for everyone. Um, but yeah, I, I that dude is going to be by the end of his tenure at Auburn, Colin. We're going to look back and say that guy was special. I'm I mean I'm excited for his career as a whole as well he just seems so he's so fun to watch like i don't know he does his little dance every time he gets on base i can get behind that hats can't stay on his head hats can't stay on his head he he plays a good a good outfield yeah he's got an arm he's a five tool player he'll he'll do anything on the field that you ask him to do easy i'm excited to see how he plugs and plays daniel do you move him over to center this year um yeah i don't see why not um, most experienced outfielder. Is that a fact? It might be. Uh, we won't know. 
Um, Dang, that, damn, that outfield was old this year. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's sort of like the two guys on the top of the screen. I, I called you old. Uh, I know I, you're I, old, so it took a minute, but I called you old. Got a, a stray. <laughs> I can, I, Daniel, I can control your mic on this show. You know that, right? Yeah, I can control it too. Good job. Um, I can kick you out of the room too, sir. <laughs> so um, yeah, but Chris Stanfield in center field. Um, and then he'll be there to mentor the young guys, and it'll be good. Um, because I feel like baseball is the sport that is closest to winning a natty right now, and Chris Stanfield will be a part of making that happen. I agree. I wow, that's the first. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, know, I know you agree with me a lot. I'm that's like joking. the second most excited I am for player uh, position relocation. Number one, get Ike Irish back where he belongs. Well, I mean, Chris Chris Stanfield is playing center field for the Bourne Braves, I will say. That's what I'm saying. I'm excited. I'm talking about in the spring for the oh, Auburn yeah. Tigers. I'm excited to see guys back in their defensive positions where they can contribute multiple places. Um, in this young class, I mean, dude, this freshman class is legit. Or this now sophomore class is legit. So, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, and I, I, I brought it up with uh, Chris Stanfield being a guy who gets posted about a lot. You know another former Auburn athlete who gets posted about a lot? Sonny DeShiara. Yes, uh, who maybe soon have a – Was that the correct answer? No, it was going to be Ryan Bliss. <laughs> The Armadillos? Is that what the, the minor league team played yep. for? Yeah, mm-hmm. they love Ryan Bliss, and I can't blame him whatsoever. Every play, he he makes a lot of plays. Yeah, and the, play to watch. Actually, Amarillo sod poodles. Oddly enough, their their marketing director was my boss for a little while. It's a weird crossover event in my life. <laughs> um, so, when are we I'm, getting Ryan Bliss on the show? Yeah, I mean, yeah, honestly, just hit him up. But he, he's also a dog. Oh, my favorite. My favorite thing ever is I follow them on socials as well because Ryan plays there. And um, seeing people in the comments every now and then, they'll be like, man, when is when's Bliss getting called up? This guy's really good. And I, I want to respond all the time. Like, we tried to truth this to you guys a long time ago, and none of y'all listen. So I, I hope he gets traded and sent up. <laughs> well, I know a team in L.A. that would like to have him. <laughs> Or at least a fan of a team in LA that'd like to have him. That's it. There's nowhere. Not even. I'm gonna get started on that. Yeah, we don't. There's nowhere <laughs> for playing LA. Anyways, I think that's all we got for today, right, Dylan? You're unless you're talking Colin, about Howard, a home run. Make sure you spell out your name so people will know where to follow you on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at at Byersdorf Colin. That's B E Y E R S D O R F Colin. Colin one L, one L Colin. That's right. That's right. Daniel, tell your people where they can find you, uh, support you, love you. Um, you can get at me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. Um, written work for the Auburn Wire and newly 1819 News. My debut piece for them will be going up very soon. Um, I'm just going to talk about the status of Auburn guys in the MLB and the various levels of the minor leagues. So if you want to read a blurb about Ryan Bliss, there will be one. There you go. I, I want all the, the Casey Mize uh, content that you can possibly force feed me. So. <laughs> I'm Harris Sitar, at by Harris Sitar on the Bird app. No written work right now, to be completely candid with you. We're in the middle of uh, some professional changes within my own pers- uh, pro- professional career, so working on a couple of things there. Really, really excited to share some news with you guys coming up soon, I really, really hope. So, 
thank you guys for following along. I'm like, as I always say, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell, not just here at the college loop, but make sure you go check out and get after everybody else over at the war report family of networks, whether that be the war report or the up tempo podcast, make sure you go show all those guys some love. Um, we're one big happy family here. So we're super, super excited for all the new, all the new stuff headed y'all's way. Dylan, let's get out of here. Yep, and of course, I'm Dylan Lord at Boy Tank on Twitter. Do what Tar just said. Go follow all those guys over there. They do great work. They might be better than us. We don't know. Sources are saying the Gore Report's better than us. There are people saying. <laughs> uh, people yeah, I'm, that. At you with a tank. That's at Y A B O I the tank. It's also right there. If you want a visual visual meme of that, and if you scroll down, you can also find all of our links to our Twitters. Also, while you're scrolling down there, like, comment, and subscribe. Leave questions. We love to answer them. Give us the theoretical Thursday prompts. We love those too. And if you want to follow us, you have of course here on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also listen to us literally anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it be Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or Apple Podcasts. Did I mention that one already? Or no? I've, I get jumbled up sometimes. But with all that being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast.